Welcome to What's Up Ely, a podcast that celebrates the spirit of Ely, Minnesota. My name is Lacey, and I invite you to join me in conversations with my neighbors as we discuss what's up in our special little town. Whether you live in the Ely area or you're planning ahead for a future visit, we're here to help you learn about all that Ely has to offer. This podcast is brought to you by the Ely Tourism Bureau. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at visitelymn or find us online at ely.org. This time around, I have the pleasure of speaking with my friends and neighbors, Jess Anderson Ojala and Parker Lowe. Jess and I are going to be talking about Ely's local community college, Minnesota North's Vermilion Campus. Then I'll chat with Parker, a reporter for the Ely Echo, the newspaper of record for Ely, about noteworthy news stories. And of course, we'll do an upcoming event roundup, so be sure to have your calendars and your writing utensils at the ready. Let's get to it, shall we? Jess Anderson Ojala is an enrollment specialist for Minnesota North Vermilion Campus. Jess is also a member of the Ely branch of the American Association for University Women, and she's the owner of Dibway LLC, Indigenous Education Consulting. Hello, what's up, Ely podcast listeners? As mentioned, I'm Jess Anderson Ojala. I'm from Ely. Just recently got married, um, and I'm fish- finishing up my master's in educational leadership from Minnesota State University, Moorhead. I enjoy hunting, fishing, camping, and being outdoors with my family. My husband and I have two dogs, Sophie and Bailey. My journey at Vermilion began as a student in 2019. I'm entering my second year of being an employee. Vermilion is very well known for the natural science realm. We offer programs such as wilderness and park management, natural resource technology, focusing on forestry, wildlife, wildland firefighting, land surveying, and more. Um, students who enjoy combining their love for working outdoors um, and with people may want to look at our outdoor leadership programs or our outdoor recreational therapy degree. If you dream of being a conservation officer or DNR officer, we have the state of the art program in law enforcement of wildland wildlife law enforcement. Students who complete this two year associates program then go on to complete our 16 week academy called the Park Ranger Law Enforcement Academy. We are one of six in the nation that provide this type of training. It's a dual academy, so students will be federally and state equipped. I'm going to take a breath. (laughs) Yeah, by all means. That's a lot of information right there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So our instructors all bring unique experiences of their own. Ryan Miller, one of our NRT instructors, also works at the International Wolf Center in town. And often our students volunteer there, like clearing out the wildlife sanctuary and providing improvements. We do partnerships with the Department of Natural Resources, like snowshoe hare population estimation. Um, Students utilize our GIS center on campus to track collared wolves and deer. Uh, Rita Cook, who focuses on forestry, utilizes our 40 acres uh, that the college owns to perform student management projects. Alyssa Richards, she's an instructor of our wilderness and park management program, not only teaches students how to survive stressful scenarios in the woods, she prepares students who are ready to enter the workforce. Graduates from this program can go on to be park rangers, uh, recreational technicians, and more. Implemented in 2017, our vet tech program 
Uh, just got a new instructor, Dr. Leslie Klapperentz. She's bringing exciting new features uh, to the two and a half year program and is even talking about adding an animal um, chiropractor certificate uh, in the future. Dang. <laughs> yeah. So we have a lot going on. Yes. And it's your job to know a little bit about everything and tell mm -hmm. prospective students about it. Yep. That's what I do. And you get to travel around the state or the region? Yep. So my region that I travel around is the Arrowhead region. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I have a little bit of Wisconsin and I've done a couple of trips into Michigan as well. Mm. Nice. Mm -hmm. yeah. I had no idea you were getting your master's degree. Oh, really? Yeah. Or maybe I knew when I forgot. <laughs> I don't know. Good for you. Is um, it like just... Wow. So you're working full time and just doing school on nights and weekends? Yep. Yep. Um, nights, weekends. Um, yeah. So I'm pretty busy girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I gather as much. Yeah. Wow. How did you come to identify Vermilion as a place to work? You know, like how did you get into the work that you're doing now and supporting students in accessing college? So um, when I was a student there, I really took a liking to, um, you know, the community college feel, mm -hmm. uh, the feeling of community. Um, I really got to know my instructors very well. Um, and I, I really enjoyed my experience as a student. And when a job opportunity opened up, I said, hey, why not? Let's try it. Um, and I'm so glad that I did. Actually, at the end of this month, it'll be two years for me working there. So yeah, congratulations. Oh, thank you. That's awesome. So are you from you? You said you're from Ely. Mm -hmm. And but you went on after you were done with Vermilion. Were you in like the liberal arts program or did you which of the programs were you participating in as a student here? So I really had a hard time deciding what I wanted to be or who I wanted to be. Um, I decided to study liberal arts and sciences. Mm -hmm. um, it was a, it aligned perfectly for me because I was able to test out um, within the liberal arts and sciences degree, you have 16 credits where you can explore different career fields. You know, so I tried out a little bit of the natural resources programs. Um, and I really actually took a liking to more of the psychology programs that they offer or the classes. Um, and then I was like, hmm, what should I do? do with this still unsure of a career path I knew that I wanted a four-year degree mm -hmm. so I transferred to Bemidji State mm -hmm. um I started off in business and then I said um you know I don't know if this is really for me so then I really found a sense of community um at their American Indian Resource Center Hmm. Um, and this was COVID too. So everything was really virtual, but I really felt a sense of community and belonging. So I decided to switch into the, uh, indigenous studies background. Um, and then kind of from there, you can do a lot with that. Um, I really enjoy like educating people about, um, Ojibwe language and Anishinaabe culture. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've had a couple of opportunities to kind of portray that in my current role as well. Um, and I enjoy connecting with new students, meeting new people. Mm -hmm. And so recruiting for me right now is perfect. Right. Cause you're, you're just making friends, making connections mm -hmm. and telling people 
what you know. Yes, exactly. It's fun. <laughs> what a sweet job. Can you yes. tell? I'm like, that sounds great. <laughs> you would I, be great at it. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yes. I, I remember, I think I met you the first time or early on when I was meeting you or getting to know who you were. It was through an Ely Folk School mm. on a Shinabe storytelling yes. program and yep. you around the same time you did a language class as well yep yep I really enjoy doing that but being kind of a full-time uh, employee full-time student I've kind of taken a step back from some of my community outings and roles yeah um, but I'm hoping in the next year that I can bring more of that uh, native community to our community yeah mm-hmm. well and yeah of course like you can't do everything yeah i wish i could you didn't have it all but maybe not all at one time yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and it makes sense to be investing in your education at this time Mm -hmm. good for you thank you so you had mentioned when you were sharing your kind of overview of what vermilion campus has to offer that it does really have a lot of programs that attract people who want to do work in the field Mm -hmm. and of the students I've met, that seems to be a theme that really rings true, Mm -hmm. that it's people who are like, you know, I knew I didn't want to sit in a classroom all day. Mm -hmm. I knew I didn't want to have a corporate job. I knew I didn't want to be seated, seated, excuse me, in front of a computer all day. And it's so cool that our town has a school that sort of seems to have a specialization in that way Mm -hmm. because it's, it's a variety of programs, right? You mentioned like the fisheries and wildlife management land serving, law enforcement, mm-hmm. vet tech, like that's a whole different thing. Yeah. But maybe not really. There's probably a very lot of overlap in those Venn diagrams, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The vet tech program actually is very much separated. So it's two and a half years. So that last semester that students are partaking in, it's a lot of uh, clinicals. So they do, um, they learn how to do surgery prep and then they'll do dental cleanings. Uh, they'll do spaying and neutering for uh, local um, animal shelters. Um, and then they'll also partner with the Cook County Connection mm-hmm. and they'll go to that petting zoo, that farm, um, and, you know, get some experience working with farm animals, which I think is cool. So it's very mm-hmm. um, encompassing and, um, you know, collecting of so I think it was two weeks ago, we had a little hedgehog on campus. What? So it's it's something different and exciting and new every single day. And, you know, our students shine and they love it. So, and it's a tight knit group. You're in that same cohort for that yeah. two and a half years. Wow. Mm-hmm. I think I would really, if I were having to be a student again, I would be looking for something like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Where you can have a shared experience across time. Yep. And then we are the only veterinary technician program in the state of Minnesota that has on-campus housing as well. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, and that's noteworthy, right? Because yeah. the housing, not every community college, it's not standard or necessarily common that a community college has housing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So that's one of our unique features uh, that attracts you know students from the broader community. When you usually are looking at a community college, you're looking at you know a ninety uh, percent of your students coming from you know, the surrounding area or the area itself. Mm -hmm. But our campus is unique in the way that, um, you know, 90% of our students do live on campus. We have about 400 students on campus every year. Um, And typically they're coming from three plus hours away. 
Wow. Yeah. So, and then we have students that are coming here to play sports from Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina. Sometimes we get a international student. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's a very diverse campus in that, in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Which just seems like classic Ely, of course, because it's a very diverse community. There's mm-hmm. so people from all walks of life are attracted to this place. It seems mm-hmm. for myriad reasons, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, how much time do you spend interacting with the students who are enrolled versus kind of out in the world engaging with prospective students? Mainly my job is, um, you know, out on the road recruiting with students, um, and then, uh, pulling them through that application process, mm-hmm. um, like a fun, engaging, um, kind of volunteer um, thing that I will do with our current students. I have an Indigenous Studies Club on campus. So we do, we have a little group of about 12 students. And that's something that I really enjoy doing. Uh, We've traveled to the um, Heritage Museum. Mm -hmm. Um, We are going to be attending a round dance at... Fortune Bay. Um, next couple of months, we've done Ojibwe language sessions. Uh, we invited um, Boys Fort drummers on campus and we had a celebration for uh, Indigenous Peoples Month. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of where I will connect with the students. Yep. And of course, when they walk in the door, I'll always say hi because I'm the first office, you know, and I kind of <laughs> like that, you know, morning pep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So how do you go about learning about the different programs? I mean, what is your, that's just a big job to have to know detailed information about Mm -hmm. the many classes. So what was your process to learn what you needed to know to be able to go on the road? Yeah. So I don't only recruit for just for milling campus. So I know uh, a little bit about every program that we have to offer. So we have 64 plus, I want to say range, uh, programs that Minnesota North college offers. Wow. Oh, this reminds me, we should talk about the merger. Yes. The people need to know, right? Cause the audience for the what's up Ely podcast is a combination. Mm-hmm. You know, we have prospective tourists. Mm-hmm. We have seasonal folks. We have people who've been here before, but they want to come back. And then we have our community listeners mm-hmm. and maybe everyone could use a primer on what has happened mm-hmm. with the school formerly known as the Vermilion Community College, <laughs> the old VCC. Yes. What happened? Um, so two years ago now, we merged to be Minnesota North College. So we have a campus um, in Virginia and Eveleth. Those are known as the Masavi Range campuses. Um, the Minnesota North College Hibbing Campus, Minnesota North College um, Itasca, which is in Grand Rapids. And then we also have Minnesota North College um, Rainy River Campus, which is International Falls. So there's six total campuses that I get to recruit for. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so in you said what, like 64 programs? Yes. Mm-hmm. I would say about that range. I'm going to say plus. Right. Give or take a few. Right. I'm sure that's, wow, that's a lot to manage. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was your process to learn about all that? I mean, you just have like binders and books and... Well, you know, so this is what we've done. Um, it's a little... so. Every semester, twice a year, the enrollment specialists, we all get together and we tour each campus and we meet with the instructors of the program. So we just got done uh, meeting at the uh, Eveleth campus, mm-hmm. Misabi Range, um, and uh, they have a wonderful um, art and design 
uh, like graphic design program mm-hmm. uh, that I get really excited about. Um, I love being in the classroom there. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, that program you can do solely online as well and in person. So I think that's a cool, neat aspect of right of, you know, what we can now offer. Uh, We have a student at Vermilion who has their, who lives in Ely, has their kind of home base uh, in Ely, um, but they're actually taking classes online through Masabi campus. So we're kind of uh, Mm cross-referencing and utilizing resources the best that we can. And I think uh, it's probably one of the most wonderful things that we could have done as an institution um, merging. Right. Because that's the whole point is Mm -hmm. to be able to share resources and create synergy Mm -hmm. and kind of lift up the whole thing. Yeah. And um, instead of competing with each other, we're all now one and working together. So that's kind of the change and the great feeling of it. Um, And, you know, applicant numbers are up 24% from last year this time. So um, we are rocking wow, and rolling. Congratulations. <laughs> You're yeah. like, I'm going to put that on my resume. Thank you very much. Put that on my LinkedIn yeah. profile. Yes, yes, yes. It's been great. So yeah, you must be very proud of that or you should mm-hmm. be. Yeah, we just had our open house uh, during the winter festival on this Saturday on the 3rd. Um, we had 22 families attend. Last year, we only had 11. So we doubled. That was wow. great. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm sure that the COVID era, like as it jostled everything, I'm sure it jostled the Vermilion campus. But I also, you know, my background is in higher education. Before I moved to Ely, I worked Mm -hmm. at colleges and universities. I didn't know that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I was always like so focused on private liberal arts institutions. Mm -hmm. I have a great fondness for them. That's where I went to school and Mm -hmm. like where I worked. But I see, you know, it's a comp like American higher education in general is fraught. It shouldn't be as expensive as it is. There shouldn't be as many barriers as they are. And community colleges really are like the institution of the future because they're so much more accessible mm-hmm. and kind of rooted. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to talk smack about like private liberal arts colleges. I, <laughs> I love yeah. them too, yeah. but I think that the barrier to access to college is such a profound problem mm-hmm. and such a grievance. You're going to love what I have to say. Community <laughs> colleges are the solution, you know, and we yes. are lucky. When I was thinking about moving to Ely, I knew very little about it, mm-hmm. but I knew there was a community college here. And that gave me great comfort because towns with colleges have economic benefits. Mm-hmm. You have the benefit of you know, having in your community college professors and Mm -hmm. experts, and you can go to events like that drum event that you did was open to the public. Mm -hmm. And so we benefit from having that institution and hopefully that institution benefits from our community too. Yes, definitely. So, um, starting next fall, fall of 24, uh, Minnesota state has created the North star promise. Um, so it applies to all the 27 colleges and universities that are members of Minnesota state, which we are. So, um, families, uh, with, an income less than uh, 80000 um, a year actually qualify for free tuition in the state of Minnesota now, what? which is so awesome. So, um, yeah, that's going to be wonderful for us. That's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Or that is huge. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. 
So then someone looking to, right, people who know they want to further their education, people looking to, I don't, yeah, just take the next step in their lives mm-hmm. can do that mm-hmm. at an affordable rate. Yeah. I think it's wonderful because, you know, we're a rural community. And if you kind of look at the average income of most rural communities in the state of Minnesota, I think a lot of people are going to benefit from the North Star Promise. The North Star Promise. Isn't that cute? (laughs) Well, it's cute and it's amazing. Like it's very profound. Mm -hmm. So that's starting this fall. Yep. Fall of 24. And fall registration begins in March. March 25th. That's right. So do people have to complete their FAFSA paperwork in order to mm-hmm. even start with enrollment? So if someone's trying to enroll in the fall, they probably need to be doing their FAFSA stuff now. Um, so FAFSA can come after the application. The application is 10 minute process. 10 minutes. Uh, $20 application fee. 20 bucks. (laughs) And um, every Wednesday I call our new applicants and I touch base with them. And then then I'm like, okay, yeah, let's apply for FAFSA. It's at fafsa.gov. That's the website. Um, And the application process has changed this year due to the North Star Promise. So instead of, I think it was 135 questions, um, it actually links straight to the IRS. And I think it's only 35 um so yeah streamlined process now too and then uh for minnesota north college our um scholarships are now open um and it's actually one application process that applies across the board so that's more accessible too um and that can be viewed on our website that's amazing mm-hmm. i love that mm-hmm. my mind is just kind of broken right now actually <laughs> You know, blown. (laughs) My mind is blown. Do you know offhand what is the cost of tuition for a class? Like for someone who's, you know, paying full price. I want to say two seventy four ish per credit credit hour. Yeah, yeah, which is just very different than Mm -hmm. some schools. Mm -hmm. And how cool that there's a liberal arts program, right? So you don't have to go to Minnesota North Vermilion campus and say, I'm going to be a vet tech and I have a plan. Mm -hmm. That person can be like you, Jess, Mm -hmm. who's like, I don't know what I want to (laughs) be. Yeah, exactly. Who I want to be, I think is what you said. I don't know who I want to be, but I know. I just don't think that like 18 year old Lacey was ready for Mm -hmm. like just going out into the world. Mm-hmm. Like I always like to say, I was like still cooking, you know, mm-hmm. I needed to be in the oven a little bit longer. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and I, I think it's so cool. People who can be done with high school and just enter the workforce yeah. and start making money and start, you know, doing that and like living independently. But I was not ready. Mm-hmm. And so how cool that our community college has that liberal arts program where you can just come take classes, experience different things, do a virtual class with the digital design program in Evelyn, mm-hmm. you know, drive to the forge in your role. Have you been to the forge in Grand Rapids? No, I haven't. Have you heard about it? <laughs> no, I don't understand what it is, but it's like a community economic, well, it's the economic development program of Grand Rapids mm. collaborated in some way with the college there's like a maker's space. Oh. I need to learn more. I want to tour it, but I just haven't yet. Awesome. Yeah. I'll take you for a tour. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that would be fun. <laughs> yeah, let's go on a road trip. Okay. You'll meet my uh, counterpart, Bill Marshall. He's pretty good. 
I would love that. Mm -hmm. I actually would love to, it's one of my goals to start spending, to experience more of the range. You know, Mm -hmm. now that I've been in Ely for five years, like, I mean, I've been to, I loved going to the Northern Lights Music Festival, you know, the opera in Aurora. And I have really enjoyed some programming I've attended in Chisholm. And I liked the Leskianen Festival in Palo. Mm. But I want to, I want to experience Grand Rapids more. Mm -hmm. Eveleth, like all I've ever done in Eveleth is go to Boomtown, which I mean, highly recommend. Sure. Everyone should go to Boomtown. Hey, the college is right across the street from there. You're in luck. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know just where that is. (laughs) Yep. Wow. Okay. So we were talking about housing, how it's unique that we have housing. Um, We also have athletic teams, right? Like the athletic scene is a big part of the Minnesota North experience from what I can tell as an outsider. Yes. So what can you say about athletics? So, um, so we have football, we have men and women's um, basketball, we have softball, baseball, um, we have a wrestling club on our campus. Other campuses have actual wrestling teams. Mm-hmm. Um, we have girls volleyball. Um, and they started girls wrestling actually in Grand Rapids. So, um, so we're kind of expanding that way. It's a little bit different for each campus. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And we are the the Vermilion Ironhawks. Yes, we are. Yep. How exciting. Mm-hmm. Got to get your updated merch, people. You got to go to the <laughs> campus, go to the bookstore, yep. get your merch, meet my friend Carly. Also, anyone can go to the Vermilion campus and get lunch, right? Mm-hmm. Like anyone can go buy a meal. Yes. Yep. And they got good meals. Uh, Tammy Velchiff, she's our cook and she always serves it with a smile. <laughs> oh gosh. And I, I remember I was... Um, I recently joined the Vermilion Advisory Board. That somebody told me that. That's awesome. So I'm new. I don't really know what I'm doing yet. Sorry, anyone who's on the board that's listening. But, um, <laughs> but I, so I've been eating, you know, I've been experiencing the campus a little bit more. Yeah. And I think that's like one of the secrets that maybe especially like everyone needs to know, like, mm-hmm. okay, you're starving mm-hmm. and it's a Wednesday night and there's no table in the foreseeable future at any of the restaurants that you want to eat that's at. That's true. Go that's get a good yourself point. a Vermilion Campus meal Yes, for like $9. Yes. And it's all fresh cooked food. And if you don't like what the main entrees are, usually you have two choices there. Mm-hmm. They'll cook you something fresh on the grill, like a burger, like cheeseburger or yeah. um, uh, f- like a fried chicken sandwich. It's really good food. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That kind of changed my life because one time I was complaining that I wanted someone in town to get a salad bar and they were like, why don't you just go to Vermilion? And I was like, excusez-moi. Yes. That's a great point. Yeah. I think I got like the soup and salad lunch for seven bucks. Yep. It's usually typically seven bucks right around there. And that's pretty, pretty affordable. Let's make this thing pop off y'all. Yes. There's plenty of space. Mm Mm-hmm. That's just fascinating. Okay, I have. I confess, I've not yet been to an athletic program. Mm. So that's yeah, on my bucket list. The community doesn't really take part in our athletic programs. Just kind of interesting. I think that would be fun. Like when I was a little girl, my dad used to take me to go to the uh, high school basketball Ely Timberwolves games. And I really enjoyed that. But looking back. You know, he could have taken me to the Ironhawks yeah. basketball <laughs> games and that would have been even cooler. Like 
go see the college, Mm -hmm. um, bring your kids up there. Um, I think the admissions rates to get into the games are like five bucks a person. And they Mm -hmm. always have little snacks there too. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, if you were looking for something fun to do on a Saturday night. Mm -hmm. Well, that's something I'm hoping. That's kind of why I joined the Vermilion Advisory Board, trying to figure out like, we have this college here. We're very lucky for it. We do appreciate it. You know, as far as I can see, like we appreciate having students in our community, but we haven't yet figured out how to like hang out together. Mm -hmm. You know, like we're in a little bit, we have our silos. Mm -hmm. So how do we, how do we make sure the college students know that they're welcome to come to community events, what the community events are, when they are, and how do we know to communicate what events are going on at the college mm-hmm. i suppose i have a role to play in all that oh yes i need to remember is, to look up the community college athletic calendar and put it in the yes event roundup this is step one just getting the word out there but yeah. i think i would like to see more of community members coming and attending our games because we have we have um students on campus who are maybe from like florida mm-hmm. they're here playing athletics you know their families probably can't attend the game mm-hmm. um, and it would be great and wonderful to feel that community presence like hey you're welcome here and we're rooting for you we are rooting yes. for you literally and figuratively yes yes wow cool that's a bunch of very helpful information mm-hmm. and let us just reiterate the north star promise folks if you are living if you are from a family that has a income of 80,000 or less or less mm-hmm. than 80 yeah yep 80,000 or less and you're a Minnesota resident you qualify for free tuition at any Minnesota state college or mm-hmm. university which is 27 different locations and because Jess can't say it i will Ely is the best location. And even if you don't know what you want to do for school, you probably do want to live in Ely for a while. Yeah. So, ooh, we have a housing shortage in town, which is, you know, a thing that needs to have nuance to it, right? Like sometimes I don't want people to think we don't have any housing. Like certainly everyone, I have met people who have been able to find housing to move into the community. Mm -hmm. But yes, it can be kind of challenging at times. So why don't you enroll, mm-hmm. apply, enroll, move into Minnesota North Vermilion Campus Housing mm-hmm. and get yourself an associate's degree. Yes. Why not? And then um, the week before school starts, week before move-in, we do a uh, Boundary Waters orientation. So if you want to kind of learn and get those skills, it's a four-day trip that they do into the Boundary Waters. The purpose of that is making friends. Um, they're, they don't really do any fishing. It's kind of more of camping skills, paddling skills, mm-hmm. and learning how to you know, navigate the boundary waters or the wilderness, um, and, you know, passing those skills on to our students. So that's another perk of, you know, enrolling at the college. Yes. A very expensive, but totally worth it. Two year long opportunity to go to the boundary waters for four days. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, so you're also in AAUW. Mm -hmm. What attracted you to AAUW? I found the bestest friends in the group of AAUW. I love, you know, spending time um, and, you know, 
drumming up ideas. That's something that I love doing with a group of people, uh, drumming up ideas to, you know, improve our community. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've really been kind of passionate about our MMIW events that we've been hosting. What does that uh, mean? I know what that means, but I don't think our listeners will. So MMIW means Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women. Um, and sometimes you'll have the uh, Two-Spirit on there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, just depends on the representation there. Um, but yeah, so I've really been passionate about, uh, you know, doing that. They have a scholarship uh, for um, local girls. Um, I think it's 2000 um, So they have a scholarship too. So I like that mission of, you know, making college affordable and accessible for everybody. Yeah, AAUW is out there doing good work. Because mm-hmm. that's been a theme for years now, right? Mm-hmm. Addressing, making sure that community members are aware of disparities among Indigenous populations. Mm-hmm. One, one topic at Tuesday Group that AAUW's coordinated was about like medical mm. industry yep. disparities. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have a pivot, which is that, are your socks Heartberry socks? You know what? I just got these socks um, from somebody at work. We did actually our first program fair at Boys 4 uh-huh. in that lake. So I was able to um, combine like my work and my family. My family was there. So I was introducing, oh. you know, my coworkers to my dad. He really loved that. He was giving them the grand tour. So my dad has been a project manager, uh, an engineer for um, an architecture for um, the tribe for, he always says 30 years, but um, he's 71 now. So <laughs> I'm going to go with like 40 plus. <laughs> but dude, you're not accounting for some years. Yes. Um, so um, he actually designed the building that we were in. Cool. Um, and then they also have the, um, our Warriors Memorial. Um, f- we're a very uh, patriotic um, tribal community. Mm-hmm. Um, so we like to honor our veterans. So uh, there's plaques uh, out in front of uh, Net Lake, right in front of Spirit Island out there. Net Lake is the w- world's largest producer of wild rice. And might I say it's the best. <laughs> um, so that was another uh, really fun part of my job that I really mm-hmm. enjoyed. That you got to merge those worlds. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, people, you can't see the socks, but they're very beautiful socks. <laughs> so that's all I have to say. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes. And Heartberry, I just, it's a business that sells, you know, indigenous inspired Ojibwe designs. Mm-hmm. That's what I was like, oh, those socks. Look- I think they might be. Mm-hmm. I think they might be. Is she based out of Grand Rapids? Mm-hmm. Yep, they are then. Cool. <laughs> Cool. cool. Just a casual plug. Just a just casual a little plug shout out there. Heartberry.com. Yes. Check it out. The products are beautiful. Yes. Support. Um, amazing. What what can you tell us about? Did I say it right? Debway? Debway. Debway. Okay. Mm-hmm. Debway LLC, Indigenous Education Consulting. Yeah. So um I wanted to have a goal in place for myself this year. I actually started the business on December 31st. I really haven't advertised it yet. I'm kind of working on a little bit of branding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what I'm hoping to do with it is um, utilize it for K through 12 education. Um, 
a little bit of professional development, maybe for any of the colleges or universities. Um, sometimes community members ask me for consulting or help on projects or mm -hmm. poetry, books, podcasts, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and I thought, I think I need a, something a little bit more official. Yep. So I, I really wanted my goal of this year to be um, not only professional development for myself, uh, but sharing my knowledge mm -hmm. um, in a respectful manner um, and just being kind of like an Indigenous ally and educator. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where I was going with 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 um you know the knowledge that i've gifted or been gifted or known or learned or studied about and i want to be able to pass that on mm -hmm. um and you know a little bit of ojibwe language in there too so debwe actually means uh she is truthful um so that's why i really wanted to name the company uh, Debway LLC. So here we are. This is my first advertisement of of the ordeal. Here we are. I love it. Well, I appreciate your entrepreneurial spirit. Oh, well, thank you. And who knows what will, you know, like you yeah. build it now so that you have that infrastructure in place as you are continually mm -hmm. sure to be called upon to do and give and share more and more because you are a vibrant intelligent person oh that's so sweet of you <laughs> but it's good to have that infrastructure in place and to be mm -hmm. thinking in an entrepreneurial way yeah and not i've never really heard of a business like that but i know that like our communities are longing for like even just like can i go up to this indigenous person and ask them about this yep. i want i want Sometimes that's uncomfortable. Yep. Um, and that's where like cultural agility training comes in. It's like where I'm curious about you, mm -hmm. I, but I want to be respectful mm -hmm. about it. But I, I understand that feeling. Um, so I wanted it to be kind of known. I wanted that door just to be open always. You can come to me if you have any questions and I know you're being respectful about it. And that's where I wanted to have that piece of yeah come on and ask me anything mm -hmm. i'm here um and the whole purpose is to share culture share community build community um and feel and promote a sense of belonging for wow. all that was kind of my my <laughs> just a casual goal <laughs> i love it well and i love that sentence like i am curious about you but i want to be respectful yeah yeah what a powerful sentence. Yeah, it's it's like, I don't know, I learn more every day. Yeah. Every day, and I meet new people every day. It's part of, you know, my journey, and I thought, you know, sometimes people will come up to you and, and be like, is is this okay to ask? Yeah. But I, I wanted that to be in place, something mm -hmm. to be in place where I'm welcoming your questions, yeah. you know? <gasps> I have a question. Okay. Because we're friends on Facebook. Yeah. Are you related to Anton Troyer? No, he's my <laughs> What is that? He is my namesake. So my name is Bejigo Benisikwe. Um, and so he is, well, that means Lone Thunderbird Woman. Um, so he named me that, uh, which it was kind of like, um, so I, I studied with him as well. So I studied Ojibwe language with him, and I still do. Um, and he has kind of been a 
guiding force. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we say the term wee, so basically, if you translate that from Ojibwe to English, it's like a godparent. Mm-hmm. So like he's like a godparent to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, how special! Yeah, I. I'm a huge fan of the book um, Cultural Toolbox. Me too. Yeah. He has a, a lot of wonderful resources out there. And he kind of inspired um, my business uh, because he wants to be respectful about what you can and cannot share. Right. But... Um, the reason why he published those books is not only for people who are curious, but for indigenous people who did not grow up in that context of, you know, living on the res. Right. Um, I lived on the res as a little girl and we spent summers there. So I'm very blessed to have that experience and sense of community and those teachings that went along with it. Mm-hmm. But not everybody has access to that. And even nowadays, like, you know, I've kind of planted myself in Ely. Um, I'm kind of, you know, uh, working on creating more relationships, mm-hmm. um, you know, back home. And I, I'm i inspired by wanting to also help other Indigenous people and feel comfortable right? Um, seeking that knowledge because that's their inherent right. right. And that wasn't... You know, it's not given to everybody. We have, um, we say urban natives, like you grew up in Minneapolis or a bigger city. Um, you know, you kind of miss out on that sense of community. And what he's doing is trying to bring it back. Right. So that's kind of where my idea of you can ask me any question and I will perceive it as respectful because I also long for, you know, that sense of community too. Mm-hmm. So why not build it? And you had someone that you could learn from. Mm-hmm. And so you're inspired to be someone that others can learn from. Yes, exactly. Wow. Good for you. Thank you for doing that work. Yeah. And I'm hoping to host Wagush, is his name, Anton Troyer, mm. on campus maybe next year. So that'll be an event open to the community. And I hope it'll be well attended. Oh, it better be. It better be. He's a local celebrity. Truly. I mean, truly. Yeah. And maybe that's just like the bias of having like read the book. And I know he's a prolific writer Mm -hmm. and who's published multiple books, but I have only read that one, but it just, it stands out as so helpful. Mm -hmm. And like you said, he does a, I think a very functional job of giving a lot of insight and a lot of like, you know, a lot of information and then being really clear about saying, and I'm not going to elaborate on that because that is information that is imparted through ceremony Mm -hmm. and it's for members of this community. Yes. And that doesn't, as a reader, who's not a part of that community, that doesn't hurt my feelings. I'm like, okay, good. You, I Mm -hmm. get that. Thank you for being so generous with what you've shared. Yeah. This is a lot. Yeah. And so like in the indigenous, like spiritual community, like Wagush, he is very sought after as well. And our elders are very sought after as well. So sometimes that essence and um, of being like a knowledge carrier, that can be a little bit overwhelming uh, because you have so many people who want to reconnect with their culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
I'm very thankful that I've mm-hmm. had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. But and that's why he's published those books as well. Mm-hmm. You know, reconnecting with your culture. Right. But also being that leader, that knowledge carrier can right. be a little bit overwhelming. Right. To have to, you know, to get so many invitations, I'm sure, to speak and present and educate in person. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, here's some information in a book. How about you read this first? Yeah. And I remember in the book, it's like if you want to invite an elder to do something, like you have to like the culture is to go to their door, right? To physically yes. be, go to where they are, to invite them. Yes. Make that gesture, do that gesture, mm-hmm. demonstrate that respect. Definitely. And so the cool thing too, a little bit about COVID is like, I'll get a Facebook Facebook message every once in a while, or I'll say the same thing to somebody else, but hey, I'm sending you virtual tobacco. Uh, can I come meet up with you? <laughs> Oh, times they are a-changing. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> oh, wow. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so excited for you. You're just at the beginning of that journey. Mm, yeah. Okay, so you. Debway. Debway LLC. And, it's da- and it, it translates to... She or he is truthful. She is truthful. Mm-hmm. Well, we really appreciate you sharing your truth with us today. Oh, you're so sweet. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> well, we'll have to have you back sometime. Yes, this was such a blast. I'm sure there will be more, you know, always things going on with the college. Definitely. Um, and you said fall registration deadline. Fall registration actually opens up March 25th. We have registration open up until the first week of school starting. And I do believe that would be around August 22nd. Okay. So we got some time. Yep. And that August 22nd, that new term, whenever, whatever the exact date is, that's the first term Mm -hmm. for the North Star Promise students. Correct. And I'm hoping we'll drum up some new interest. And, you know, if you are even a non-traditional college student too, don't be afraid to look into that as well. What? Mm Mm-hmm. Are your ears turning a little? I'm like, like, so uh, just... uh, a non-traditional student, which is usually means like someone who's, you know, beyond the age 25, like an, yes. a, kind of an adult yep. um, person whose family income is less than $80,000 could also mm-hmm. apply under the North Star Promise. Yes. Wow. People, do you understand how exciting this is? Yeah. Free money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> knowledge is such a valuable investment. Mm -hmm. I, you know, furthering your education Mm -hmm. is an investment in yourself. Yes. And and your your community because you come back to your community and, you know, you're educated, you're knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. And most of our programs are kind of two year ready to work programs. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. You you build, you get experience Mm -hmm. in the field, Mm -hmm. in the classroom, you build your resume, you build your resilience, you build your own understanding that you are capable of doing new and difficult things. You make new friends, you create relationships with mentors. Like I am just a huge fan of ongoing education, which is why I'm involved with the Ely Folk School. Mm -hmm. But I recognize that you know, institution, different styles of institutions do different things. And the folk school is not a college, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So there's just, we're happy to have you on board. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) This was really fun. I'm, I'm thank you for, you know, sharing your knowledge with us. Well, thank you so much. I had a great time. Jess Anderson, (laughs) Ojala. Parker Lowe is a reporter for the Ely Echo and a freelance photographer. 
Hello, Parker. Hi, Lacey. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm great. Happy to be here. Thank you for being here. So you are talk. You're here to talk about the Ilieco. But before you do, let's have you start by telling us a little bit about yourself. Perfect. Well, I am 25 years old. I am single. Uh, <laughs> I moved to Ely last year in January. Um, I had never been here before I moved here, so I had all my stuff in the back of my car, uh, never having been here before, wow. which is a kind of funny story. I had lived in um, the other side of the Boundary Waters for two summers in college um, at Gunflint Lodge. Great experience. Um, but yeah, I'm a reporter for the Ely Echo. Um, I have a little bit of photojournalism experience heading into this position, but this was my first actually reporting job I had. Um, there wasn't a job posting for it. I called uh, the Ely Echo and Nick picked up the phone. I said, hey, do you guys have a position available? He's like, yep. What? Uh, and so one month later, I'm there working full time, which is great. I love that gumption. Good for you. Yeah. Like, go get it. Yeah. Go get the life you want. Well, there's only, you know, there's not very many newspapers up here, right? So right. I didn't have many sure. options, but I knew I wanted to. Um, I had been a fly fishing guide in Colorado before seasonal position, right? So it's not full time. I was looking for something full time. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I wanted to work in northern Minnesota. And yeah, it just happened and it worked out great. And you just called Dink Wagnum and you're like, give me a job. And he was like, yes. Yep. Of course, you have the credentials, right? That's not like all there was to it, but... Yeah, I have the credentials. Uh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, sent him my resume, cover letter. Um, yeah. Well, I was having fun. I, You had participated in one of the Tuesday group programs. We do a segment called Meet New Eliites. And I think it was like March, like really shortly after you moved here, you introduced yourself. And I wanted to kind of remember, remind myself what you had said and I was watching the YouTube video, which we'll link in the show notes. And I was like, oh my gosh, Parker, you are so fascinating. This, because I meet so, like, I think the Meet New Eliades is so great, but you also meet like five or six people at a time. And I was like, oh, we need to linger on some of these points. Because you had said, well, you're from Orono and you love the outdoors. And you did, uh, you had a job with the Wyoming Game and Fish Department and you referred to capturing grizzly trapping? Yeah. So I've, I've had a lot of jobs actually since um, graduating high school and, yeah. and throughout my college um, career during the summer times, I've had uh, quite a few jobs just kind of bouncing around. As you said, I was a, uh, a photojournalism intern with Wyoming Game and Fish for a summer. And one of the assignments they put me on was um, grizzly bear trapping in the Wind River Range, which was crazy. And basically it was me in the back of a truck, um, getting dro driven around by two, uh, rangers. Um, and they would go up these, you know, forest service roads miles into the wind river range and trap grizzly bears basically to collar them and tag them and do research on them. Right. And the way they did that though, is, you know, you're thinking, oh, it's going to be very professional, uh, very safe, right? Not the case <laughs> at all. So we first uh, trap we get to, and I had no idea what I was getting into. Uh, basically, I'd never done this and I've read about it a little bit, but didn't have any experience. So we stopped the car and I have my camera and they have, you know, they have guns and stuff and I get out and I shut my door behind me 
coming up on this grizzly trap and they're like, <laughs> I said, dude, don't shut your f-ing door. <laughs> uh, and so basically if the grizzly bear, uh, sees you coming out at him and he's, he has a snare around his leg, uh-huh. he's going to be very aggressive and he's going to try to charge you. Cause what they do is they, they put, um, elk basically roadkill mm-hmm. on this snare, hoping to snare a grizzly bear. And two things you never want to do with a grizzly bear is you never want to come up on it when it has a kill. Mm-hmm. So let's check one right there. Mm-hmm. And you also never want to come up on a grizzly bear when he's cornered. And so it's a double whammy there. I like that you got that directive after you were like exiting the car. Like you didn't even get that information before you were like, you weren't. Yeah. That's yeah. fascinating. Trial well, by yeah. fire. <laughs> Just go out, learn. <laughs> exactly. And so another thing they do at these traps is they have, um, they have a camera trap mm-hmm. usually located near the, um, where they put the carcass and the mm-hmm. snare, um, to see whether there was grizzly bear action in the area mm-hmm. or whether they should move the trap to mm-hmm. a different place. Right. And at a couple of these camera traps, we get out of the car, car doors, car doors open. Right. <laughs> and we go grab the USB from the camera trap Yep. or the, uh, the SD card, Yep. plug it into the laptop in the car, uh, and see like huge grizzly bears were there, you know, 20 minutes ago, <laughs> uh, just wandering around somewhere in the woods. What yeah. an adventure. The other thing you mentioned that like kind of blew my mind, I think, is the concept of a bison jump. Yes, that's... And yep. the subsequent excavation of a thing called a bison jump. Yeah, so that was a very, very cool assignment. That one might have been even more interesting than the the grizzly bear trapping because basically um, the Wyoming area mm-hmm. was a huge hotspot for Native American activity um, since, you know, I don't know, 10,000 years ago. Right. Right. And the Plains Indians at the end of each season. um, So in the fall time, they'd find these bison herds Mm -hmm. and then they would locate uh, a huge cliff, right? Where they can herd the bison off the cliff. And it's basically a huge harvest of bison. Um, They would, you know, get on their horses and uh, yell at them mm-hmm. and get them to uh, stampede off the cliff. And they do that every year for hundreds of years. Um, and then, you know, after hundreds of years of tons of bison dying and mm-hmm. arrows being shot, you get this uh, excavation site mm-hmm. where there's digging up, you know, tons of bones, tons of artifacts and, yeah, and that the one we did that I was assigned to was, I believe, the oldest um, bison jump in North America. I think it was twenty five hundred years old. Wow. Yeah, and we found uh, the days I was out there. We found um, beads from necklaces, spear tips, uh, arrowhead points, mm-hmm. and just a lot of bison bones too. And you're finding the like the, the spear tips and the mm-hmm. bi- and the uh, uh, the weapons inside the bone, right? Right. Um, cause they obviously, you know, they, they packed up the meat and everything, mm-hmm. but they left mm-hmm. the bones at the bottom of that, um, mm-hmm. big cliff, uh, the native Americans did cause mm-hmm. they didn't use a lot of the bone. Hmm. They sometimes did use the bone, but, uh, not, not all the bones. Right. 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 Wow. What, like what a cool career or job, at least in that particular circumstance that you are, you have the privilege of trying to capture these things and you're out there just like learning with a camera. Good for you. That's awesome. 
it was it was a really fun internship yeah um it was great you also in your meet new eliites presentation referred to the fly fishing gig that you that you talked about and being charged by moose yeah so a lot into like a (laughs) 10 minute thing (laughs) yeah um so the the valley or the area in colorado i guided in it's uh the ranch was called raywa guest ranch and it was in the raywa valley and it's known as the most populated moose um valley in the country there's tons of moose basically and the river i was uh guiding on the laramie river it's kind of at the the headwater of the river Mm kind of when it starts so it's not very big Mm -hmm. um but there's tons of vegetation and trees Mm -hmm. and you can't really see around uh, the river and it's a very meandering river. So there's a lot of cuts, a lot of turns Mm -hmm. and you can see how that could be an issue when there's, you know, tons of 2000 pound animals roaming around a lot of them aggressive because in the springtime you got, um, you got calves and mm-hmm. mothers who are very protective of those calves. Mm-hmm. And in the fall time you have uh, big aggressive males trying to kill anything they see basically. Yeah. And I never got charged by a male, but I did get charged by uh, a female with a calf in the springtime while I was guiding. Um, I was guiding two uh, individuals, a couple, mm-hmm. a couple years older than me. And we turned this corner and this is in the springtime, mind you. So the water is very high. Yep. We cannot cross the river to get to the other side. So we're stuck on one side, basically. Yep. And we turn this corner and there's a calf and a mother moose who's not happy to see us. <laughs> right. And so my guests get their iPhones out and point their phones at the moose like, oh, look at, look at the moose. Look at the moose. And she starts giving us head fakes. And I'm yeah. like, guys, you got to put your phones away here. We're in some trouble. Uh, and so I, I always carry bear spray with me mm-hmm. and I'm very, uh, diligent about my animal safety. I'm always giving out calls mm-hmm. when I'm turning corners, trying to alert anything that might want to get out of our way, mm-hmm. a chance, you know, giving them a chance to get out of our way. Right. Um, that time it didn't work though. So I got my bear spray out and pointing at the moose. I didn't have to fire, but she was, you know, charging us for a solid five minutes. Oh my gosh. Uh, eventually did go, did go away though. Yeah. What an adventure. Yeah. What a series of adventures. And now you're an Ely. Now you have an Ely adventure. Yep. Have you been charged by any moose here? No moose. No, not on this side of the Boundary Waters. I almost hit a moose uh, on the Gunflint Trail two years ago. Who was also, It was also a mother and a calf. And I was driving. Sun was in my eyes in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't really see that well. But I passed a moose going, I don't know, 45 miles per hour. Uh and she ran after me. Yeah. In my <laughs> Honda Accord, which I don't have anymore, but yeah. Wow. So there's a theme in what you're interested in. I just like adventures. I don't, I think, I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's the theme, but yeah. wilderness, I mean, or not wilderness necessarily, but like experiencing. Yeah. The world. That's really cool. And you knew that you were interested in this region because you had spent that time in the Gunflint, up the Gunflint. Yep. I love the Northwoods and I love spending time just in the Boundary Waters exploring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. And now you've been here for like a year plus. Congratulations. Happy one year Ely anniversary. Thank you. And you're a reporter for the Ely Echo. What are some of the things that you get to report on? And what are, what's like one of your favorite things that you've reported on so far? Yeah. So I've been very lucky because 
I found a great position um, in a great city. And Ely is a great microcosm of political, you know, socioeconomic. Everything is going on here, right? This is America. Uh, so I have, I've written on, I mean, in one year, I can't think of something I really haven't written on, right? I, I cover city council. And that's, I'm not trying to be cocky at all. Right. Uh, but I've written on city council. I've covered uh, a murderer. Um, I've covered, and that was like right away too. Um, yeah, I mean, so yeah, it's a lot of different things, a lot of wilderness, um, things, litigation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Cause it's a small town, but there's a lot going on. Right. And you, yeah, if you're one of a small team, then you're just covering it all. Yeah. Do you have a favorite thing that you've worked on so far? Maybe not. It's hard to pick a favorite, but what, so what is one thing that comes to the mind as having been particularly fun or interesting or maybe murdery? <laughs> that one I did. <laughs> that one I actually, I mean, it was a really interesting case, mm-hmm. um, but it's not something you enjoy yeah. writing about that much. I realized uh, it sounded kind of, in, it was insensitive. No, not insensitive. It's just like you're reading through the, the case files mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I'm talking to, I'm in contact with the family of the victim. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then this guy who I'm, who was, who's the killer, right. He, you know, he was in prison for a long time. Uh, and this was an older case. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was in prison for a long time and I'm not the judge. I'm not the jury. I'm just trying to write a, a even keel story on mm-hmm. what happened and let people know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and cause he was up for parole. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got, it got out that he was going to be maybe paroled and the family of the victim didn't, didn't like that. So, uh, and you know, a lot of people didn't like that. Mm-hmm. And if he eventually, I, I wrote that story and, uh, at his public hearing, a lot of people showed up and he was eventually put back away. So, <laughs> well, j- yeah. I mean, journalism has a place in American society and it exists so that the people can be notified so they can do something with that information. Right. Exactly. And so my favorite story I've written is actually a human interest story. Uh, and I just actually, um, I won an award for this story. Uh, this past weekend, there was the Minnesota newspaper association's better newspaper contest yeah. in Brooklyn center. And it was a story on Seraphine Rolando. Hmm. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful guy. Awesome guy. And it was really enjoyable to talk to him and hear what he had to say and then compile it all into a a thousand word story. Uh, And I love doing that. So. Wow. Congratulations on winning an award. Thank you. Thank you. And you know what? I think that'd be my favorite, even if I didn't win the award. (laughs) Uh, But that that one was a really memorable one just because I had a really fun time writing it. It was summertime. Nice out. And I got to head over to uh, the Pioneer Mine, just talk to a, a legend, a living legend for, I think it was like four or five hours. Casual. Just, yeah. <laughs> Between his tours. So, yeah. And somehow make it a thousand words. Yep. That's, that can be a tough part about reporting is a lot of times you're at city council or you're talking to somebody and it's like three hours of uh, a voice recording on my phone that I have to... Uh, and that's the job, right? That's mm-hmm. narrowing it down. So it fits in the paper. Well, and mm-hmm. the job too, to take something really complicated and try to convey the most essential parts of it. Yeah. Wow. And did you, is that what you studied in school? Like, were you a journalism student? I was not, I was thinking about it, but I, I gravitated towards, uh, the outdoors and I wanted to be outside. Mm-hmm. So I, my major was conservation biology. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and it worked out because mm-hmm. I ended up getting that position with Wyoming Game and a Fish. Yeah. Which helped me get my foot in the door here. So. Well, and I'm a huge believer that, you know, it doesn't really matter what you major in. I mean, trade schools may be a different thing that, you know, that process is different. But if you're at, if you're in a four-year degree situation, your major is about following your interests and then it qualifies you to do anything if you're passionate enough to figure it out. You said, but you've always been interested in writing. You've been a writer for a long time. Uh, I've always been decent at writing, mm-hmm. I would say. Better than math or science or any of that. That's um, relatable. <laughs> but I just kind of gravitated towards it more in college and then I guess after college. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it's the actual writing that I enjoy, but mm-hmm. the, the concept of, um, I guess, taking you know, getting to know a community and, uh, yeah. reporting yeah. more. I actually really don't enjoy writing. <laughs> if that well, makes, yeah. I don't know if you know this yet, but no one who actually writes does. Yeah. It's actually, that's when I was taking classes in creative writing program, that was my biggest takeaway was like, Oh, this is torture. It is. It, honestly, it is torture. And yeah. everyone hates it, but mm-hmm. also loves it. That was like the solidarity of the pain. What's what writing school was. Absolutely agree. And it's like you're wrestling with something yeah. basically for hours. And then uh, it is very satisfying getting the final product on there mm-hmm. and seeing it work. It's like almost like a line of code that you made into something yeah. uh, like reasonable and, and sensible. Yeah. Yeah. I took this in your case. I took a three hour meeting and I made it made sense, made it make sense in a readable fashion. Yeah. And a seven minute read. Yep. God bless you. Yeah, that part's satisfying, but the rest is torture. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. There were a couple of stories that came out in the Ely Echo recently that made me think like, oh, we should get Parker on the show. Like we should know like what's up with the Ely scene. And you just have such a unique perspective, right? You're new to the community. You've got like fresh eyes on the community and it's like literally your job to be looking and I was going to say making meaning, but maybe as a journalist, you feel like it's not your job to specific, like, does that phrase work or is that a problematic phrase in journalism? What was make, the phrase again? Making meaning. Like, I guess making you're not really trying to make the meaning for us, but you're putting the information out there. Yeah. Sometimes like with a human interest story, yeah, there is definitely a, a narrative or an angle and there's always an angle, no matter what, no matter what you're reading, unless, uh, unless you're going to city council and you're, you know, spending that time. Right. Uh, even if I try not to, right. there's always going to be an angle. So you are doing some meaning making. There is right. some meaning making. Yeah, absolutely. Whether I try to or not. Um, we and that's something everybody needs to be. Bias. Yes, exactly. And that's, that's something I think everybody needs to be cognizant of when yeah. they see the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, no matter where you are, somebody, an individual with the biases that he cannot escape, he or she cannot escape wrote this. Uh, so take what you will, you know, I try to quote a lot in my articles. So it takes away that aspect of bias. It's Mm -hmm. like, Oh, they said this, I can't, you know, I'm not making it up. They said this, you know, take away what you want from it. Yeah. Right. So, so, but you have a couple of things that came up recently that especially, you know, made me think, Oh yeah, let's get Parker on, um, boutique hotel. Yep. And that was a big part of the most recent, publication of the Iliaco. That was, and that was, yeah, that was a really fun story to write too, because when I originally came to Ely, I was like, what is this huge, beautiful building 
kind of smack dab in the center of town. Um, what is it and why is it abandoned? Right. Why? Yes. Exactly. The old community center. I actually, I actually accidentally went there, uh, and tried to get in. I think it was my, one of the first weeks I was here cause I was assigned to go to the, the library mm. for something. And I was like, okay, that has to be the library right there. Mm-hmm. Try to get in. It's locked. And this nice older lady who was at the senior center was like telling me, young man, I'm sorry, but that's been closed for 15 years. Yeah. I'm like, Oh really? It looks, you know, looks what well kept mean? and new. But anyway, so yeah. So Matt Stupnik, he bought this building uh, a few years back. Um, I believe 2022 or 23, maybe just last year actually, Mm -hmm. uh, with the intention of turning it into a boutique hotel, uh, by 2025. And the deal he made with the city council was he purchased it for actually only $2, uh, $2. And the condition was he needs to complete his project by 2025, um, Otherwise, That's a big undertaking. It is. I mean, I've yep. never been inside, but like you say, it's it is a big, beautiful building. But the rumors are that like to renovate it would just be such an undertaking that even two dollars is maybe too many. But of course, I'm. How could you say that? Because it just seems like it's a legend. It's like such solid material. It's like an of an old era. Yeah, and there's actually gold leaf in there, uh, on the ceiling. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to keep that or not, but there's gold leaf, there's trazo, uh, brass inlaid floors. Uh, and that's the reason, uh, Stupnik bought it. He actually used to go to that building as a kid cause he lived in Ely Wow. and he used to rent books from there. And this was not in the article I wrote, but he also said he used to go in there, uh, to, to visit his, his dad when he was in there, I think, cause there was a poker room apparently. And his dad and his buddies would, would smoke so much that the uh, the walls were stained around the room they were in. Um, <laughs> it was so, a different time back then. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, nostalgia brought him to purchase it, I think. He's like, oh, look at this building. It's huge. It's beautiful. Um, but he's a businessman. He runs a, a solar uh, company, mm-hmm. I think Cedar Creek Energy mm-hmm. down in uh, Minneapolis area. And he's a businessman uh, and he has experience renovating buildings, but he has said this is the most complicated financial undertaking he's ever, ever had. Right. Um, there's a lot of aspects at play here to, to get this thing done. Um, one of them being that it's a historical building and there's certain things he can and cannot renovate in the building. Right. Um, cause it's registered as a historic place, I think is the wording with the, uh, um, national parks service. Wow. Um, but that also means he gets tax credits when renovating. So I think he's getting a a few million dollars or I'm not sure exactly the number, but he's getting significant, um, help with those tax credits to renovate the building. Right. Well, and it is like a community asset or it could be if it weren't, if it hadn't fallen into lack of use, I guess. I don't know. Um, rumor has it, there's like a whole ballroom in there. Yeah. Yeah. Many, um, residents in town who haven't enjoyed the ballroom say mm-hmm. it's a huge shame to not be able to come whenever they want to, uh, mm-hmm. and use the community center mm-hmm. as for weddings or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, because it's a beautiful building. Um, right. but at least now it's going to be used for something positive for the city. I, I know, uh, Matt, I talked to him. I haven't actually met him, but I talked to him on the phone a few times 
he's, he's really passionate about, about trying to make this into something that'll last in Ely mm-hmm. and something that is going to benefit the economy For in sure. town. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's another, it's commerce, it's bringing people in. It's a place for people to stay. We have a little bit of, you know, we could use more space. So yeah, that's why it's so relevant for the What's Up Ely podcast because we have this old historic community building that, you know, is slated to become a boutique hotel for some of our guests and myself. I'm going to stay there. I'm interested to see what it looks like inside because I've, I haven't been inside. Obviously, I'm not sure. Have you been inside? No, I haven't. And I no. would like to. So whenever you do, how about you just go ahead and tell everyone else when that is so we can all join you. <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be you know, I just want to see how, what it looks like now versus what, is, what it looks like afterwards, right? Right. We need the before and afters for sure. Yeah. I know the ceiling is the main reason that fell out of uh, use. There's mm. a, a drainage issue up there. Ooh. Um, so who knows? Probably I, I, not yeah. good for the gold leaf. Yep. Probably not good for the gold leaf. And I think, that, you know, the damage on the inside was the reason that it was bought previously by the K-America Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, to turn into a, a Korean cultural center in Ely. I was tracking that story very closely at the time because I thought that sounded really cool too. Yeah. I wasn't here obviously, but that would have been really cool. Um, for some reason they dropped it. I think it was probably because of the, the state of, of the building yeah, and just the, cost the, uh, of the project of rehabilitating it. Exactly. So, I mean, fingers crossed, uh, Matt sees this through and I, I think he's going to, he sounds very serious about it. Mm-hmm. There's a few things he's working on uh, mm-hmm. with the city council that um, are kind of challenging. One of the things is like parking space. Mm-hmm. He made a, a deal with the city council when he purchased it that he would provide parking to up to 18 cars, I think, uh, adjacent to the the building, um, which basically means he has to buy a house yep. and then make it into parking, um, which is very challenging to do because... Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people want to sell their house and see it turn into a parking lot. Right. And kind of ironic given the fact that like we need housing too. But I understand like obviously for the neighbors, you don't want your parking to be totally taken by boutique hotel guests and they need a place to be near. So, but like the, I mean, there was a piece in the Echo, like that's a solvable problem. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I mean, (laughs) I'm not sure I'm supposed to say this, but I think I am. Uh, it's fine. But um, when he, when Matt Stupnik made this deal with the, the city council to have it done, the boutique hotel, have it done by 2025 uh, and put 18 uh, parking spots mm-hmm. near it, it was a different mayor. Um, so I think maybe uh, with the new mayor and the new... Mm-hmm. New council. New council. I think um, street parking mm-hmm. and maybe even the parking lot across the street at the senior center. Right. A partnership, a collaboration, a collaboration. Cause we do, I mean, we do have free street parking, even on this street right here. We're not that far away from the, right. Um, the old community center. Right. There's nice, you know, nice shoulder you can park on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, sharing is caring you guys. Yeah. Sharing is caring. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's the official stance of the Ely city council. Just kidding. I don't represent the Ely city council. <laughs> Um, okay. So that's an interesting story that I think listeners are going to want to keep following and maybe we'll need updates from you, um, from time to time. There's another story. What is up with the Ely bowling alley? Yeah. So bowling alley is going to become the weed alley 
um, or the, the weed, weed, weed layer, however <laughs> the you want to layer. Yep. Um, I'm not sure when it was bought, but it was bought by Chad Davis, um, a few years ago and it's going to be a dispensary, a legal dispensary very soon. Um, whenever, uh, the office of marijuana can get their stuff in order. Right. Um, cause they're having some serious issues right now. Right. I know, um, last year they tried to get this office of marijuana, uh, established, established. They needed to get a director yep. in order to hire people inside of the office in order to start selling licenses. Cause right now Regulate. marijuana, marijuana is legal in Minnesota, yep. but it's not legal to sell. I mean, no, it is legal to sell, but you need a license to sell it. And right now there's no way to get a license because the office of marijuana is in shambles. So they hired this, this lady, um, from Apple Valley, I believe it is originally to be the director and they forgot to check her background. They just forgot. Um, forgot. they forgot or some, some sort of, uh, situation happened. They did not check her background. And so this was appointed by walls. She was appointed by walls into this position, governor walls. And basically she had some outstanding, um, things on her record, such as selling banned products in her store, her marijuana store. Uh, and Oops. so that fell apart yep. basically. And as of right now, there's still no direct director. They're thinking by, the end of summer 2024, they're going to have a director and there's going to be, uh, the office of marijuana. I think that's what it's called. Um, the office of marijuana is going to be established and then people can, such as Chad Davis at the bowling alley, the old bowling alley can yep. get their licenses and start selling marijuana. Um, office of Cam cannabis management. Office of cannabis management. That sounds yet yeah, very official. Yes. Very official. So is it not going to be a bowling alley anymore? It's not going to be a bowling alley, I believe. Nope. Um, I yeah. mean, I am not mad about a dispensary, but I do still want a bowling alley. So anyone who's listening, please think about creating a bowling alley. I'm, again, very happy for Chad Davis. And the is it going to be called the Green Mining Company? It is. Yep. It is going to be called the green mining company and it actually is Water. called the green mining company now. And I believe as of maybe a few days ago, they are selling Delta eight in, uh, their building at the what? former bowling alley. Yep. Already doors open doors open just Delta eight until yep. the office of cannabis management, uh, decides who's going to be the director ducks in a row. Yep. Exactly. Wow. If they're not doing a big Lebowski theme for this dispensary, I feel like they're <laughs> really missing out on an opportunity there. That's I a would really go good to point. that party. Yeah. yeah. Or just uh, keep the bowling alleys and uh, you can pay to have it hotboxed. Hotbox the bowling alley. Hotbox the bowling alley. <laughs> It'd be like a Friday thing. We all go and hotbox the bowling alley. I will see you there. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I would get really paranoid. I would not be good at bowling. I would, uh, <laughs> Oh yeah. my gosh. Like thunder alley style bowling. Did you ever have that in your town thunder alley where they like make it dark and it gl everything's glow in the dark. It sounds like a and nightmare. There's like a laser show and a fog. You don't even need the fog machine when you're hot boxing. <laughs> I like this plan. Maybe Chad Davis will listen to this podcast and update his business plan, but I am excited for him. I'm not complaining. I always love the fact that Ely has such 
exciting entrepreneurialism. So yeah. way to go, Chad Davis. Way to go, Chad. We will be wanting to get updates on the green mining company story and subsequently the Minnesota Office of Cannabis Management and this boutique hotel. And there's just kind of a lot going on. So we're glad that you're out there keeping track and letting the people know what you know. Well, thank you. Question for you. Yep. Are you on Facebook? I am on Facebook. I think my last post was in 2016, but I am on Facebook. Wow. You're kind of a lurker. Yep. Just no, mainly no for, disrespect. Uh, absolutely a lurker. Just mainly for uh, What's Up Ely. Yep. That was my next question. Are yep. you in the What's Up Ely Facebook group? I think I am. Either I am or I, I go on it every day because a lot of times there's good leads. But you on have there. to be. If you're yeah. in it, then you must be a member. I, I, I am. Yep. I'm on there. Can I tell you a fun fact? Yeah. As of last time we recorded an episode, three weeks ago, the What's Up Ely Facebook group had 25,019 members. As of today, there are 25,809 members. Dang. Which means in three weeks, the group grew by 790 members. That averages out to 263.333333 repeating new members per week or an average of 37.6 new members a day. That's kind of mind-blowing. It is totally mind-blowing. Do we know why? It's because of us. Because of Ely. Because it's Ely. Yeah, we have no idea. I have no <laughs> idea. Huh. Just Ely enthusiasts. We love you. Thank you for joining the What's Up Ely Facebook group. Bonus points for those of you who are nice, but we understand. It doesn't always work out like that. <laughs> Sometimes there's reasons to be upset. Yeah. Yes, yes. It yes. keeps the page entertaining. Exactly. It's certainly entertaining, to be sure. Yeah, so I don't know. I talk about this every time we host an episode. I'm going to do it at some point. I'm going to ask. Like, I'm going to create a poll, and I'm going to say, like, who are you? <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> Lovingly. I'm just so curious. You know, what compels people to join the What's Up Ely Facebook page? Yeah. I, can you see on there uh, who's new and who's... Like, can you see who's the new, who the new members are? Oh, I haven't tried to... I haven't investigated that further. Hmm. I'm, maybe. We'll have to investigate. But if, hey, if you are someone who is a new member of the What's Up Ely Facebook group, please feel free to email us at tourism at ely.org so that we can, you can tell us like what compels you to join the What's Up Ely Facebook page. Are you a tourist looking to like crowdsource information for your upcoming trip? Are you a prospective resident looking to get a feel for the community? Are you a current resident looking to complain about something you're very passionate about? Are you a current resident looking to promote an event that you're coordinating on behalf of a nonprofit organization that you run? You know, or anything in between. What is your use of the What's Up Ely podcast? Please email me at tourism at ely.org. Thank you very much. 25,809 people. It's a big family. It's pretty awesome. It's a big family. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. <laughs> that's great. We're going to definitely steal that. Thank you, Parker. 
My pleasure. <laughs> Someone speaking of words to steal, um, I was chatting with a friend on the day of the kickoff for the Ely Winter Festival, which was this past weekend, and we were, you know, lamenting the weather, celebrating the sunshine, and the the warm temps have their, you know, have their pros as well. And he said, "Yes, a little bit less winter, but a lot more festival." And it was like, "Oh, well, that's clever and true, because we are still festivizing at this Ely Winter Festival." I feel like it might actually bring more people to town, not having the Ely Winter yeah. as part of the Ely Winter Festival. You mean last year people didn't necessarily drive from all around the world to experience our negative 30 degree temperatures for fun outside? It's hard to say. <laughs> the roads were clear. The sun was shining. Yeah. Why not come to Ely? Right. Truly. Well, that was my segue into the upcoming event roundup. But before we do that, Parker, is there anything else you want us to know about the Ely Echo or your Ely experience so far? Um, well, yes, actually. So at the convention I was at last weekend um, for the uh, Minnesota Newspaper Association, this is a really inter interesting fact I did not know. But since 2010, I think it is, one third of Minnesota newspapers have gone out of business. And I think it was 65% of journalists in Minnesota uh, have disappeared. <gasps> so it's really important to support local news. Uh, so please subscribe to the Ely Echo. Wow. Thanks for sharing. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. We are lucky that we have, you know, as a community and as a town, we've been able to retain, um, some elements of our independence. You know, I know that our radio station is not back up and running and there's that major loss, but we still have, you know, an independent film festival and independent newspapers and independent newspaper. Um, so that's cool. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Shall we pivot to the event roundup? We shall. I always say to people to grab your writing utensils. And I do want to say, um, in case anyone wants to join my pilot G205 fine tip pen fan club that you're welcome to also email tourism at ely.org for that as well is when I say grab your writing utensils, you better believe that's what I'm going for. All right. So these lists are always incomplete. You guys, we cannot, I have not been able to make a comprehensive list of events. So you're always welcome to explore some of the links in the show notes because we put some like broader, like the ely.org event calendar is in there and, and the link to the digital version of the Ely winter times and stuff. So please keep looking for other events and let us, you know, submit an event via email if you want to make sure we cover something. But for the month of February, Friendly reminder of some ongoing options, such as the open mic nights at the Boathouse starting at 6.30 on Wednesdays. You can check out the musical stylings of Close Enough for Country, Shagawa Shorty, who recently introduced himself at uh, Meet New Eliades, which was really fun. The Chickadee Dee Dees, who are also performing on Thursday night of the film festival this week, and more. Plus, if you like to sing or you play an instrument, then you can bring it to the boathouse on a Wednesday night and you can work your way into the lineup. So that's just like an ongoing thing. Wednesday nights, open mic night. The uh, Ely Senior Center, which is not just for seniors anymore, has ping pong 6 p.m. on Thursday nights. Get your ping pong on. Get your ping pong on. Thursday, 6 o'clock. The Ely Senior Center. Well, speaking of Chad Davis, he actually just recently donated a second ping pong table. Nice. And I guess recently they had like quite a group there. You know, it's a new, it's a relatively new thing, but it's growing in numbers. And now they have two tables. Hmm. 
So that's cool if you're looking for something to do, something free to do on a Thursday night. And the ultimate ping pong aficionado, Mr. Dwayne Squire, heads that. He will be there. Yes, my father is the captain of the ping pong program. Is he good? He is good. Really? But he said he got he got whooped by Dan Drummel recently. So Ooh. I think that would be interesting to know. Like, yeah, even if you don't play, like, you just watch. That'd be interesting. It's kind of like mesmerizing. Who knew Dan had mad ping pong skills? I know. I didn't. Well right? Um, you can always check out the class schedule at End of the Road Yoga. That's a lovely yoga studio on Sheridan Street. And their website is linked in the show notes. And we've got Functional Fitness, the gym on Chapman Street. They have a variety of classes. And I personally really like the spin classes, but there's a big variety of what you can do there. And that's kind of always an option for anyone. There's also Studio North. Mm-hmm. Great local gym. Mm-hmm. You've got great gym options. Um, I see in your notes here that you mentioned me and fat tire <laughs> biking. So allow me to take the next 45 minutes to talk about biking. Yeah. No, I won't do that. It's actually been spectacular. Before the temps get above freezing in the morning, it's that great crust. It's like a racetrack on the uh, single track at Hidden Valley. It's so much fun. Any wow. big wipeouts? Not me personally, nothing major, which is kind of rare because normally I do. I've got a talent for crashes, but nothing major lately. Anyone ever get like wrapped around a a tree out there? Oh, I've been wrapped around a tree. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we've had some pretty epic wipeouts out there. So use caution, wear your helmets. Can't say that enough, but yeah, lots of fun riding. Mm -hmm. Right. So if this season, like I've heard, I mean, some people are loving the skiing out on the crust, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like the weather is sort of like March weather, which is its own great thing for various kinds of recreation. Yeah. For skate skiers and fat tire bikers, that uh, spring, that early spring crust Mm -hmm. that's been going on the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Superb. Mm, Superb. Wow. Mm hmm. Um, okay, moving on. Thursday, February 8th, the Chamber of Commerce is having its annual job fair again at the Senior Center, which is not just for seniors, as Brett reminds us. And that's happening from 3 to 6 p.m. It's an open house style event, so you can learn about part time and full time job openings in Ely. Uh, also, starting on Thursday, February 8th, Ely Film Festival, the opening ceremony happens at 7 p.m. It's all going on at Ely's Historic State Theater. You can get the full rundown at elyfilmfest.com. The opening ceremony will feature speakers and songs and prayers from a traditional Anishinaabe drum team, followed by film screenings. The film festival is happening all weekend long. Uh, There's some auxiliary events, including a Saturday afternoon happy hour at the Ely Folk School. starts at 4 p.m. An after party on Saturday night starting at 9 p.m. at the Boathouse. There'll be live music there. Uh, if you're planning on attending the film festival, you can also participate in the real competition. If you don't know what a reel is, you may not be an Instagram user, but uh, a reel is basically it's on Instagram. It's it's meta. It's a meta deal. Yeah, so yeah it's a meta uh, deal. It's a, it's a movie format on uh, on Instagram. Basically, the first prize is two hundred dollars cash money. Cash money. There's a second prize of $100. Third prize is 50 bucks. There's some guidelines for competitors. So if you're interested in making a reel during the Ely Film Festival, be sure to check out the do's and the don'ts to qualify. Again, elyfilmfest.com. I mean, I think that's so clever because people are at a, at a film festival. They're celebrating independent filmmakers. And like, for example, I mean, in the, one of the shorts blocks for the shorts block 
the fun shorts for kids on Saturday morning, Ely Community Resource has a club of local youth who made a short film. And like to really get a feel for what that work entails, I mean, one tiny thing you could do is just try to make a very schnazzy Instagram reel and you'll see how sticking hard it can be to make a cool movie. But just take your phone, use your, like take some videos. How do you edit them together? What music do you put to the background? What's your angle? How are you framing your shot? I mean, Parker, you should do it. I will say nothing uh, makes you appreciate films more than trying to make one because they're really hard. So it's really hard to make a good film. Yeah. Have you made a film? I've made a, a few short films uh, in school, but I mean, making those and seeing how bad your film is <laughs> and how hard you tried at it really makes you uh, humble and appreciate how, how good uh, and how much people try at making films. Right. And the time that goes into it. Yeah. The I, time. Have, I have like just for in my own personal Instagram account, I've made a few reels because it's kind of fun to dabble. I could go on let's say for example, a hike with my dog and I just get some footage of my dog frolicking in the snow. I have spent hours working on like perfecting an Instagram reel just of that. It's wild. Anyways, I mean, good ROI. You could make 50 bucks just for tossing a reel into the competition. I won't belabor the point, but I think that sounds fun and I will be watching the submitted reels for sure. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing those. Um, Friday, uh, February 9th, there's a dinner fundraiser for Grace Lutheran Youth in collaboration with local chef Josh Brang. Uh, listeners to this podcast will recall that Josh was the Ely Folk School Top Chef competition winner last November. And so that will be dinner will be served from 4 to 8 p.m. at the Grace Lutheran Church Fellowship Hall. Uh, diners can choose from a homestyle chicken, pork, or vegetarian dinner with all the fixings. The cost is $15 at the door, and the funds raised will support local youth in going to New Orleans this summer for a national youth gathering. I think it's going to be a pretty busy weekend in town, so it's worth noting that there's an additional dinner option if the restaurants are busy. Yeah, and Josh makes fantastic food. Fantastic. Obviously. Superb. Superb. Uh, also, Saturday, February 10th, the Downtown Arts Market runs from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Ely Senior Center. Local makers and artists will be showcasing their talents and selling their wares at this event, which is sponsored by Northern Lakes Arts Association. Meanwhile, at 11.30 a.m., local caterer Luke McCoy will be offering a lunch of smoked pulled pork sandwiches complete with homemade buns, sides, and cookies. There will also be a vegetarian option available. Uh, there was talk of vegan chili, possibly a mushroom dish. Mm. Those meals will be available for dine-in at the Ely Senior Center or to go. You can bring them back to the Ely Film Festival Lounge so you don't miss a moment of the fun at the film festival. The cost per meal is $18. You can pay with cash, check, or a card. The food service will go until it's gone. So uh, be aware that on top of the Ely Film Festival this weekend, there is a 17-team hockey tournament happening so it is a crazy busy weekend in ely right and we would love i mean please it's still the winter festival it's the film festival it's been a weird winter so like by all means take it upon yourselves to go out oot in a boot and like experience the town and have dinner out on the town but if you find that you're needing something fast and you have this additional option also, look for the great posters that uh, the wonderful Tara Borst 
burst. Together. She told me burst. it's burst. I see. I took a stab. I used to say it that way, and someone corrected me. <laughs> burst. What do I know? <laughs> Your broader point, though. Please forgive me. Go on. Tara put together a great poster with listing of all the restaurants that are open for the film festival weekend. Uh, it's got their hours on it. Some of them have QR codes with links to their menus. So it's just look for those posters around town. It's a very handy resource for figuring out mm. where to catch a meal this weekend. You know what's exciting? Britain's is open this weekend. Yeah. Breaking news. Breaking <laughs> news. Totally. Um, Saturday, uh, this weekend, February 10th, there's going to be a chip carving class at the Ailey Folk School from noon to five. Chip carving, it's a very old craft practiced in many cultures. It's an art form that almost anyone can practice, just requires a little bit of patience and a steady hand. It generally consists of a set of triangular cuts laid out in a regular geometric pattern, and it could also be more freeform. Students of the class will learn to lay out a pattern for cutting, how to make the various cuts, and as you develop a feel for the wood, how to deal with mistakes, which is, I think, basically what all of Ely Folk School classes are, or at least all of mine are. It's just like, it's just like I'm your persistence partner. This is resilience practice because we are going to mess up this patizza, but we're still going to eat it. We're going to... Yeah. Anyways, how to deal with mistakes. <laughs> I digress. Um, students will leave with some new skills and hopefully a carved coaster. So pre-registration is required for that class. You can see the link in the show notes and Bart Dunning is the instructor for it. And he's done various woodworking activities for decades. He's built furniture and he's done some 3D carving as relief carving as well as relief carving. Excuse me. So that will be a fun one to check out. Yeah, and you can actually, if you stop into the folk school before that class, you can see some of the work in the mercantile there that he's done, some of the previous chip mm. carvings that he's done. Super talented guy. That's awesome. Valentine's Day is coming up Wednesday, February 14th. Valentine's Dinner at the Tower Cafe featuring Chef Chris. Love is in the air. <laughs> and our friends in Tower have crafted an enchanting evening just for you at the Tower Cafe. Join them for a memorable Valentine's Day dinner, a culinary journey designed by Chef Chris that promises to ignite your taste buds. There are two seating options available at 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. The menu highlights include meat and cheese ravioli, mushroom risotto, and a panna cotta. The tickets are $50 per person, must be purchased on or before February 10th. You can get them online or in person at Tower Cafe. They will not be selling tickets at the door on that evening. You need to get them again by February 10th. And we did. I put the link in the show notes. And I mean, what a sale. Like love is near. I mean, I'm, this sounds like a Northern Lakes Arts Association event. <laughs> Maybe it should be. Ladies, if anyone has a crush on me, now's the time to say something. I know. Yeah. Let's Yes, let's get Parker a Valentine's Day date. Come on. Got one week. One week. Anything could happen. Hey, you never know. Oh, when does this yes. podcast go on air? Um, it's going to go on air like soon. You have, hey, you have a week. Ladies, nice. if you want to go week, week on time. a date with Parker Lowe. 612-990-1482. Wow. <laughs> I love that. I was going to say email me, but no, just go. Just yeah, hit me up. Text Parker. <laughs> oh, how fun. I'm going to really want to know if anything exciting happened, Parker. Yeah, we'll see. We'll have to have you back so you can tell the whole listener base. Yeah. Gonna become a match. Get ready to get disappointed. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, well, we'll be rooting for you, Parker. Thank you. But if you want something a little bit more chill and you don't feel like you need to make the scenic drive all the way to tower with the um, love interest who reaches out to your cell phone number, which you just generously shared, um, you can hang out in Ely and you can purchase a Think Pink Valentine's Day drink special at Northern Grounds. Um, this is going to be a certificate you buy online and then you go to Northern Grounds anytime between four and seven on Valentine's Day for a spritzer, a raspberry white chocolate mocha and a special sweets plate. Mm. Wow. Pretty fancy. Very fancy. Uh, and once you get through Valentine's Day, there is a monthly hike with Boundary Waters Connect that's coming up on Thursday, February 15th. Meet at the Bass Lake Trail parking lot at 1.30 in the afternoon. They'll hike to Dry Falls and back together, enjoying the company of new acquaintances. Yeah, that's a super chill thing, but it's just open for anyone. Um, I've had several new residents, you know, when I have one-on-one coffee days with them, say, I want to meet new friends. I want to meet new people. I, the way I like to spend my time is being active. Um, and so there was just a volunteer who said she would be willing to spearhead it. And this is the date and time that she suggested. So, um, we've, this is, this will be our third month and it's been fun that, you know, just whoever shows up, shows up. And we've had a handful of people each time, enjoy nature, get some sunshine. An extra cardio boost, having a conversation while you're hiking to the falls. It's amazing. Workout. How many wolf fatalities so far? Any? I've seen none. No? Uh, no wolf fatalities. Dang. Haven't lost a single person. Uh, oh, I, oh, that kind of wolf. Yeah. <laughs> no, no one's, been, no one's been attacked by wolves no. yet. We've all, we've all been uh, 100% intact by the end. Hallelujah. Uh, Saturday, February 17th, the Ely Folk School Makers Market and Mixer goes on from 3 to 5 p.m. It's another opportunity to purchase handmade goods. Enjoy live music and the companionship of community. See some of the fabulous wares from some of the talented makers involved with the Ely Folk School. That, again, is Saturday, February 17th from 3 to 5 at the Ely Folk School. Um, Have you ever heard of the Tasty Tuesday program that happens at the Senior Center? Nope. It is charming as heck. Um, so Kathleen Miller is the captain of it and she just puts together like cooking demonstrations with a team of people. She's not necessarily operating alone. Um, goose from wintergreen usually helps out and, uh, yeah, they kind of have a a focus on healthy eating, nutrition, um, and budget friendly recipes and people who register that it's asked that you pre-register in advance show up and for an hour and a half they just receive cooking demonstration after cooking demonstration and they get to sample all of the foods. Wow. So I participated in December pre-Christmas I did a demo on how to make biscuits and gravy because I really like it as a as like a Christmas morning thing. Easy to make but very tasty, lots of like wow factor for very little effort and I was amazed at how much food people were able to eat like how much they learned and it's free so it was inspired as a way to serve like our community elders it is a program that was kind of created in mind to help seniors but i don't think there's like an actual limit on who participates um so class size is limited i guess that capacity is limited registration um you can call 2183 Zero two one seven seven eight, or you can email senior program 
leader at elycommunityhealth.org. And this program is funded by the Northland Foundation. And I think Northwoods Partners has actually taken it over. So I might need to update that information, but this is what was online. Wednesday, February 21st, Exploring Red Blends. It's a wine tasting event at Northern Grounds. Have either of you guys ever been to any of those? I've explored plenty of reds, (laughs) but not at a tasting event. Not a wine guy. No? No. I will say there is a whiskey tasting in March Mm. if if you're into whiskey. Um, And there's also in April, they're doing a mocktail program. Nice. Yeah. So there's some good variety. Sorry. Go ahead, Brad. Keep telling (laughs) us about this. Absolutely. The tasting will explore the varietals that make up the very popular wine category of the red blend, which refers to red wines that are made from different types of grapes blended together rather than a wine made from just one single type of grape. So red blends are produced all over the world from an array of grape varieties. Many red blend wines tend to be on the sweeter side, but some red blends are medium to full bodied and can be less sweet. The wine tasting program will be presented by the one and only Dale Beers. Pre-registration is required. Legendary. You got to go to a Dale Beers event if you can. It's a wine event though? Yes. For Dale Beers? (laughs) I see. I see. Yes. Isn't that ironic? Isn't that ironic? This beer event must be off the wall. (laughs) Dale is a wine guy. He's a, what is this? A cork nerd or something like that. I don't know. Dale is a wine aficionado. I'm trying to get him on the podcast to talk about wine and I want him to bring wine so that we can taste wine on the podcast. (laughs) But he, um, yes, we're going to have to keep nudging Dale. So if you're someone who knows Dale, please nudge. Okay. Friday, February 23rd, there's going to be a TEDx event in Virginia, Minnesota. It's being called TEDx Silver Lake and the theme is Crossing the Divide. So that's on the 23rd from 5 to 9 at the Iron Trails Motor Center and you can get all the information you need for the event at www.tedxsilverlake.com. I am a huge fan of TED Talks, uh, ideas worth spreading. And I think this is going to be a really neat thing. So TEDx events are, this is an officially licensed by TED, which is um, Technology, Education, and Design. It's a whole institution for free learning. Um, And there's going to be some local folks presenting. Our friend Jeff Hansen is presenting. There's some very, yeah, let's... I'm, I'm fascinated. I'm excited. The cost of registration includes appetizers and complimentary beverages. There will be a cash bar available. And if you are a learner and a nerd like me, I highly recommend you check it out. I think I learned more from Ted talks and YouTube than I did during my entire college education. So, <laughs> Well, isn't that just it? Like yeah. it's wild what you have, what we have access to if we just go looking. Yeah. One click away. One click away. The, oh, go ahead. Go, oh, please. The Reflections Dance Company spring classes are going to start on February 26th. So we put the registration link in the show notes. And this spring, Molly plans to take a field trip to the Twin Cities to watch a dance performance. And that will be available for students as well as ad- as adults. And there's more information in the registration form if you want to pursue that. And this is just a very advanced save the date. But the Reflections Dance Company summer show constant changes is going to take place um the weekend of august 15th through the 18th so 
mark your calendar, save the date, use that writing utensil, block off the weekend. Pretty cool. There is going to be a garden planning class at the Ely Folk School. That's on March 19th from 6 to 7 p.m. Whether your garden is three acres or three square feet, you can maximize your food and flower production with a little bit of planning. This class will cover when and where to plant a variety of crops, the importance of allowing enough space between plants, how to grow multiple crops in succession in the same garden bed, and sources for purchasing or swapping seeds. Uh, Ellen Root, who was the co-owner of Northern Delicious CSA from 2014 to 2020, that was a three-acre vegetable farm located near Babbitt. Uh, at its peak, the farm provided fresh, local, in-season vegetables and greens to over 100 local families and individuals through weekly community-supported agriculture share boxes and farmer's market sales. Uh, Ellen no longer farms on a large scale, but instead enjoys gardening in smaller spaces. She starts a wide variety of seeds indoors every spring, including garden vegetables, greens, and native perennial wildflowers and grasses. And as someone whose uh, amazing partner, the one and only Amanda Nelson, is uh, taking classes to become a master gardener right now, I know that there is gardening season and gardening planning season, <laughs> which is pretty much the entire season that you can't be outside growing your garden. So yeah. gardening never stops. Never stops. That's impressive. Do you garden? Have you ever gardened, Parker? I used to as a kid more. Uh I have covered a few stories in town of the Ely Master Gardeners. Uh, they've done some really beautiful work in town. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have this romantic notion of gardening, but I would definitely need to take this um, class offered by Ellen Root at the Ely Folk School in order to proceed. So, Is Root actually her last name? Yes. You, you guys are pranking me, I think. No, this names. is real. This is all for real. No <laughs> this puns. is real. Wow. <laughs> I think the moral of the story is there's always something going on. These uh, event roundups keep getting longer and longer, but there's just so much to do. Um, that's that's all for this episode, everyone. Thank you again to our very special guests, Jess Anderson Ojala and Parker Lowe. Infinite gratitude, as always, to Brett Ross. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, we are Thanks so glad here. that you were here. We'll have to have you back. I'd love to be back, yeah. I mean, there's always something going on, and we're going to need your insights. The news never stops. The news never, never stops. Ending. <laughs> I tell you what, you do have a line that I'm going to clip out and is going to be used on future episodes. Breaking news. <gasps> Ooh, nice. you yeah. get your own voice segment. Very cool. I think, right. well, maybe you guys should have the uh, uh, get in your f car. Yeah. <laughs> as the... As the um, <laughs> As a teaser. I yeah. Like like <laughs> we'll use it as like a get in your car. There's so much going on. You're yeah. going to want to come to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, if you have a suggestion as to what we should cover in a future episode, please email us at tourism at Ely.org. If you want to go on a date with Parker, please text him. Please. And <laughs> if you enjoy our content, please help us out. Tell a friend about this podcast. Word of mouth makes the world go round. Y'all see you next time. See you later. Cheers. Mm -hmm.